What's shaking, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of Independent Minded, the podcast about independent artists from around the globe. I'm so tired of not working, gear not working, ghost in the machine, hums, audio interfaces that cause interference, software that refuses to start up, and laptops that refuse to reboot. It's been the story of my life and the bane of my existence as an independent musician and now as a journalist. I'm still waiting for the moment when this trusty Tascam DR40 linear PCM recorder craps out on me before a live interview. That hasn't happened yet, but give it time. Give it time. Is it that I've refused to upgrade my laptop for the past 10 years? Is it just, should I just take a sledgehammer to these MacBooks and start over? Spend the money, invest the money in something else that's going to wind up breaking or making me want to pull the hair that I don't have in my head out of my head at some point. This isn't about a lack of technical expertise. This isn't a... Anyway, my rant was interrupted by my dog barking upstairs. What's up, Buttons? Shout out to Buttons. It's the Independent Minded Podcast. We're figuring out ways to get it done. Silly putty, toothpicks plastic cups, whatever we need to do to uh, get a final product sounding decent. It's the most decent sounding podcast in the universe. It's the best thing we can say about this. You know the drill. If you want to be decent yourself, follow the podcast at baldfreak.com and on the socials, Twitter and Instagram at baldfreakmusic. And I don't know if this episode was one of my finest moments. Episode 83 features the founding member of the band Local H, Scott Lucas, an institution in the alt-rock scene, another band that's been around for quite a while, and kind of cut their teeth during the alt-rock era, the post-grunge era of the mid-90s. This was a band that I remember back in my college days being compared often to bands like Nirvana. And unlike that band, uh, Local H is still around. They were in town at the Rock and Roll Hotel kind of a mid-sized club in downtown Washington, D.C. And as I've mentioned before in previous podcasts, it's been a cool opportunity for me to kind of just explore the city three months in now, and I've been to at least a dozen shows. I saw Nine Inch Nails at the Anthem last night, and still waiting to get Trent. Trent, call me. Trent played at the Anthem. Local H played at the Rock and Roll Hotel, which doesn't sound as fancy as the name. That it should be the Rock and Roll Motel. Kind of divey, has that beer meets bleach smell. And this one I wouldn't say was my finest moment. I arrived early and I could hear the band sound checking from outside the club. So I took a little stroll around the block, checked out the neighborhood while it was still daylight out. And there was a little bit of a mix up trying to get in there. And that kind of restricted the amount of time I had to talk to Scott. The two-piece band was on tour in support of their Pack Up the Cats album, the 20th anniversary of that album this year. And I gotta say, as usual, this was a band that I was vaguely familiar with as far as their pantheon, their catalog. I remember owning the first couple of albums back in the day, and I kind of just kind of fell off the Local H bandwagon. I don't know, I don't know what happened to me. <laughs> it happens often. Every, almost every band that, uh, that is kind of from this era is a band that I was into in the late 90s and then I don't know I, I it's not like I got into like bluegrass or jazz at some point and just abandoned the genre but hey I, I jumped back on the bandwagon what a great live show from this band super high energy a fanaticism amongst the audience that I did not expect but for me I was kind of thrown off by the fact that uh, the rest of the band was in the dressing room backstage at the Rock and Roll Hotel while I was talking to Scott which kind of threw me off a little bit the drummer, Ryan, was rolling up some some greenery, some goodness, if you know what I mean. 
So the room smelled delicious, but uh, between the time constraints and distractions, I wouldn't say that it was my greatest interview. I don't know if Scott feels differently, but he was a gentleman and a scholar. We talked about a myriad of subjects, including the Pack Up the Cats album, his fondness for the band R.E.M., which is where the band's name comes from, the evolution of two-piece bands, opening for one of my favorite bands on their last tour, that being Metallica, and texting the actor Michael Shannon to star in his new music video. And then after the interview, because as I've said before, in the olden days, the bands would come to me, uh, I completely forgot to take my photograph, my promotional photograph, fanboy graph with the artist and uh, I had to come back hat in hand after I left and said goodbye and ask him to take a picture while he was in the middle of kind of line checking his guitar and warming up and and that's been kind of the most complicated part of the new era of this podcast is you know you're going to talk to these guys when they're getting pumped and instead he's talking to me about a cover of a Lord song he did you know when the bands come up to a radio station they're hyper focused on doing an interview I'm not saying that's a bad thing necessarily it's just different and challenging and this one was particularly challenging I stuck around for most of the band set they did two sets one being a sort of potpourri and the second set was them playing the whole album Pack Up The Cats in its entirety and I made the mistake of getting drunk too fast I was double fisting some PBRs and I had a shot of whiskey because uh, I needed to get over the fact that in my opinion at least the interview didn't go as well as I would have hoped and I wound up stumbling back to Union Station on a weeknight at about 11 o'clock but hey we got an episode out of it episode 83 Scott Lucas from Local H we're going to kick it off with the new song from the band called Innocence featuring the amazing Michael Shannon in the video please check that out on YouTube when you get a chance then my interview with Zion Illinois Scott Lucas of Local H right here on Independent Mind and let's go it's Innocence, you wanna bleed again, alright? 
All right, I'm backstage at the Rock and Roll Hotel in downtown Washington, D.C. with Scott Lucas from Local H. How are you, sir? I'm good. How are you? I'm wonderful. I've been doing this podcast remotely for the past couple of months. In the olden days, people would come down to the radio station, but uh, ever since I started working my new job, I've gone to different places to interview bands, either backstage or at remote locations. Good for us, bad for you. Exactly. Now I'm kind of on the opposite end of things. Now how do you feel? uh, I don't feel so great. That's not so cool, is it? No, it's not so cool. All right, Uh, man. Maybe someday we'll meet in the middle. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know how we would do that, but... uh, I don't either. But it's been interesting to me. Uh, I just interviewed another artist uh, two nights ago at a theater called The Miracle Theater. Uh We wound up talking in uh, a baby nursery. This is more of a traditional rock and roll setting here at the Rock and Roll Hotel. Have you played here before? Oh, yeah. Many times. Yeah. The last time we played here, it was raining really badly and it was uh, flooding everywhere. Well, you missed that. You missed that by two days in either direction. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I was um, glad about that. Now you're touring in support of your Pack Up the Cats album? Pack Up the Cats from 1998. 1998 yeah. is the 20th anniversary of that album. Right. I know Local H from most people in my generation. I was in college radio when Bound for the Floor became a hit and when uh-huh. your first album came out on Island Records. Talk to me about this album. The interesting story about this album from what I read is it happened right when like the whole Polygram Universal merger happened. And right. it kind of, it was a critically claimed album. It's a quality album. It kind of got lost in the shuffles. Right. right. I mean, that's the story and, and it does make a good story. But also you have to remember that the bands that were big at the time were like, you know, Limp Biscuit and, you know, the oh, rap rock thanks for reminding and, me. and all that kind of stuff. So <laughs> I guess you could say it was a dark time. Yeah, I could say it's a dark time. Yeah. Sure. You know, there's a lot of new metal and, and rap metal and they're really... If you look at it, and when this record came out at that time, there really wasn't a place for this record. So whether or not the mergers or things getting lost in the shovel, whether or not that's true or not, you wonder what whether or not this record would have had a place in that era. Right on. Well, the other unique thing about this band has always been that it's been a, a two-piece band. This was pre-White Stripes, pre-Royal Blood, pre-Black Keys, The Kills, Your Pandroids. I don't remember seeing any other band or hearing about any of the band who kind of had that unique lineup. Uh, have any of these bands ever given you props for uh, your pioneering style? No. No? No. Do, should they? You know, I don't know. I can't prove that any of them had ever heard of us. So, yeah, you know, but like, it's not like we invented it. Flat Duo Jets, I was aware of them and they were an influence on when we decided to become a two-piece. A band called Chickasaw Mud Puppies out of Georgia was a big deal to me and seeing them live convinced me that we could be a two-piece and it could still be entertaining. And so that was a big thing. And the Spinanes were making records and I was really into them. So, But most of the two pieces that I knew about, and still to this day, when you look at the White Stripes and the Black Keys, they're mostly blues-based, you know? Sure. So we sort of felt like we were doing something different by not being blues-based. And, you know, it was just trying to figure out a way to be a two-piece and still keep it heavy. That was our main challenge. Well, the perseverance of this band and you in particular being the anchor of the band from the very beginning is another thing that's really impressed me. The prolific nature of the band, the fact that you've released a lot of quality albums over the years, even after you kind of, I, mean, I wouldn't say you started from the top. Obviously, things are different now throughout the industry. Right. Uh, you just put a new song out called Innocence. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite actors of this generation stars in that video, yeah. Michael Shannon. How did you hook up with that guy? I texted him, you know, I mean, uh, uh, we'd met, we'd played a, a show together before. Yeah, he has, he has a, band. a band called Corporal and we played together. I had an, another band called The Married Men and those bands played together. And, uh, you know, he's one of my favorite actors too. I mean, I'll see him in anything. I'll even see 
a shitty Superman movie if he's in it, you know? I saw the shitty Superman yeah. movie. And I went it? because of him. Because, you know, I mean, almost every other movie he's been in is better than that. But, you know, I'm not going to miss the chance to see him play Zod. Yeah, so I just, we were talking about this video, and the whole idea for the video was that it probably wouldn't have worked if we couldn't get Michael. So I just texted him and said, do you want to be in this video? And he said, why the heck not? And that was it. I mean, literally, that was the response by text messages. Why the heck not? And he so, seems to have that devil may care attitude. That he does. Goes with he does. And he aura. also, he's about the work, you know? Yeah. And he was in Chicago doing a play at the time at Red Orchid Theater. And he doesn't really care about anything but the work. And, and he was there to do that. And right so we just happened to get him when he was there. I don't give a fuck about anything. He's great. <laughs> That's one of the yeah. reasons I like him on top yeah. of his talent. Uh, now, you mentioned Chicago. You're originally from Zion, Illinois. Mm -hmm. How many tours have you been on? I mean, I mean I'm sure you don't have a counter, but it's got to be hundreds at this point. Uh, I don't know. Um, somebody's got to know, but it's not me. <laughs> don't they have a website for that nowadays? They do. And there's a guy on there who would probably know, bless his heart, but I don't know. All right. It's basically just been you and three drummers. Right. The gentleman behind us who was just doing push-ups, I believe, is that your current drummer? Yeah, Ryan. Yeah. Uh, all right. So who's your fave now that he's out of the room? What makes each of them different? I mean, they're all hard hitters. I mean, and they're fun to watch, every drummer that I've worked with. For me, for this band, the fact that we're two-piece, you've got to have a drummer that's interesting to watch, that's fun to watch. And so I've always had that. And they all share that. They're hard hitters in the the John Bonham mode and they're fun to watch. You know, I mean, I, I watch them. I like to watch drummers in it. I'd watch those guys. You have a, a front row seat, I guess a back row seat. Side by side. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. You know, it's the first time I've seen you guys. So I'm excited to, to check well, it tonight out. Tonight will be interesting. It'll be a little different because we're doing a couple of sets and the first set will be Ryan and I mostly. And then the second set, uh, our friends Jay and Dave will get up and they'll play extra guitar parts or vocal parts or, piano parts, acoustic guitar parts, all the stuff that's on Pack Up the Cats. We're not trying to make it sound exactly like the record, but we're trying to get as many pieces from the record live as we possibly can. You know, right. I mean, if there was one record of ours that deserves the Pink Floyd treatment, it would be this one. <laughs> the live experiences you've created for fans, some shows you have fans choose albums on the spot. Mm -hmm. Uh, have you ever got caught with your pants down by being so open-minded to this sort of idea? Like it's a lot of material to remember, obviously, and a lot of albums. Yeah. Sometimes, but you know, like that, we just did a lot of rehearsing and, uh, that was a, a fun tour. You know, it was like when everyone started to do these album tours, which we're guilty of doing right now, Yeah, but it was a way to sort of do that, but not have it be so predictable. Cause you'd walk in the door and as an audience member, you wouldn't know and the band wouldn't know. We had no idea what record we were going to have to play that night. Yeah. And so you didn't know what you were going to hear. And so Does that you know, excite it, was a, you? It, was a, it was exciting, but yeah. it was a bummer if it, you know, if you didn't like the record, you're like, Fuck, you know? <laughs> I got to play so, this. Song yeah. That I don't so like. there's a, a lot of that, but it kept us on our toes and, and we make records to be digested as a whole anyway, you yeah. know, especially this one, especially 12 angry months. I like playing the full records as a piece, but it was, it was a different way to do that. Can we talk about the whole idea that your albums are thematic and the fact that we're in a time in musical history where albums are becoming passe and people prefer singles now to albums? It's kind of 
reverting to some twisted, perverted way the 50s was. That would be interesting to me. Yeah. I, I would love that. I would love the idea of like putting out a single every few months. That sounds fun. I honestly don't know what people think. I think people do still like records. And yeah. I think when you put out a single or an EP, they're disappointed that it's not a full record. But I also think people are just constantly on to the next thing. It's out. And then a couple of days later, no, no one cares. And they're talking about something else. Right. I think that's the problem. Well, the concept know? of putting singles out allows people to kind of spread out their art, so to speak. Exactly. Whereas I'm sure like 12 Angry Months, for instance, I just listened to that before I came here. I mean, it's a different song for every month post breakup. I mean, a really clever idea based on one of my favorite movies, 12 Angry Men. Have you seen that movie, by the way? Oh, yeah. Okay. Thank God. It's more challenging, I would imagine, for you to kind of work on a concept like that now, as opposed to even eight or 10 years ago, or you'd have, it would be a different way to approach it, right? Yeah. I like albums. And I think a lot of people that listen to us like albums. The toughest thing at this point is putting out a single like Innocence and trying to assure everybody that there's not a full album coming. They're like, come on, there's an album coming. It's like, no, honestly, this is it. Well, they've come to expect that. They've come to expect it. So we have this opposite problem. You opened for Metallica on the World Wired Tour. Wired. I'm a huge fan. I saw them a bunch of times on that tour. What were the circumstances that did you win a contest or something? It was kind of, we were, our name was put into a hat, not literally. And they're like, we nominating you to play with Metallica. And I'm just like, what is this? I, I don't know we? what you're talking about. <laughs> and they go, well, you know, we want you to play with Metallica. I'm like, yeah, I want to play with Metallica too, but what does this mean? And then it turns out we're nominated with all these other bands and all these other radio stations have nominated their bands. Got it. And so I was like, oh, f- we're in a contest. And so we didn't ask to be in this contest. And then I was like, a couple of weeks went by. And then I think our, it was our friend Gabe who does all of our merch. He's like, don't you want to play with Metallica? And I go, yeah, I, I guess I do. And so then we started to kind of care about what happened. Right. You know, we kind of thought, yeah, we deserve to play with Metallica. Yeah, let's play with Metallica. So. Yeah, it doesn't seem like a, like an odd pairing. No, not, not for me, because honestly, uh, Master Puppets is in my top five records no, of all time. No, me too. I absolutely Mazel love it. Tov. <laughs> but I think a lot of people thought it was, you know, an odd pairing. I'm but, sure, but still, like throw that out the window. The experience of being part of that circus, was it something that, that you'll never forget? Or was it something that... Yeah, no, yeah. it was good. It was good. And it was, you know, it was fun to be able to see them play. That's what I'm saying. As a fan, it must have been incredible. Let's talk about your origins. How did you get started? Was there a moment as a youngster or a musician? Was there someone in your family who handed you a guitar, you know, that led you to this? It was probably Broomstick and, you know, and and Hound Dog. You know, that's That's, probably a scene from a bad prison movie. Not not that kind of. (laughs) But, you know, it's just like pretending you're Elvis and singing hound dog was that it was it Elvis? i remember doing that as a kid you know so i mean i imagine everybody has a story that's very similar to that there are some people who are interested in it and they dabble in it like some people dabble with lesbianism in college and they don't keep it going and then there are other people who are lifers and you know they're always into women that's interesting analogy interesting it's it's an analogy It is at least an analogy. It is an analogy. Whether it's interesting or not, I can't speak to it. Well, the band's name comes from a combination of two R.E.M. songs. Was that a band that influenced you when you were a youngster? Yeah. 
Yeah, okay. And deal. not a band that really screams local age. Yeah. But I mean, before them, everything was classic rock and metal for me. And so when I got into that was uh, the turning point. REM, it was a big turning point. And suddenly everything I thought was sort of filtered through them and through this whole new world of music. Wow. And so they were a big deal to me. I kind of felt that way about you too around yeah. the same yeah, period. Yeah. And a lot of my friends liked REM and I just never kind of, I Check was never out so Fables alone. of the Reconstruction. It's, okay. It's an amazing record. And if nothing else, you'll love that opening riff and uh, feeling gravity's pull. Yeah. It's like really dissonant. It's cool. All right. See, this is yeah. half the reason I do the podcast with these sort of recommendations. Let's talk about the tenacity of this band. 30 plus years in existence. Your commitment to the project is, you know, <laughs> impressive, obviously. Uh -huh. How many shows into this tour are you? This is the fifth show tonight, but the sets are so long and exhausting that it feels like we've been out for a few weeks. Okay, wow. Um, yeah, and you got another show tomorrow? Yeah, you got a show tomorrow. Okay. So, I don't know. I love it. That, that's the short that's answer. That, that is very short. Yeah. We split the tour up into three different legs. So, we're going through the end of November. So, once that happens, you know, I think it's just a, a matter of decrisping and like enjoying the the holidays and then it's time to start thinking about a new record decrisping that's going in the promo for the podcast one other thing that i noticed about this band i come from commercial radio now i work on the other side of the business the variety of the cover songs that you've performed and released is interesting to say the least mm -hmm. the misfits britney spears chicago lord how do you vet these songs number one whether or not they're good songs, you know, whether or not I, I like the songs. That's pretty much it. There are two approaches. One is if we can add something different to the song, something like Lord, it, it's easy for us to add something different. Absolutely. We just play it like us and it's, it's automatically going to sound different. Yeah. But, you know, if it's like a Motorhead cover, it's more like we're just a garage band playing a Motorhead cover because right. we're not going to change Motorhead. You're paying tribute. Yeah, more. we're just, yeah, exactly. So those are pretty much the two. The only thing that I would say is we never try to be snarky with covers. They're covers that we honestly love, you know? All right. Well, that's a genuine approach to yeah. the, the art. Whatever happened to PJ Souls? She's uh, living life. Uh, we see her every once in a while when we come through California and LA and she comes out and wears a Ramon shirt. She's kick ass. Is that true? Yeah, it's totally true. All right. So you know her personally? I've met her. Yeah. I read that she's 68 and she lives in Frankfurt, Germany. She lives in Germany? That's what the internet told me, but <laughs> who, can, who not, believes the internet well, nowadays? The last I saw her was not in Germany. <laughs> Scott Lucas from Local H, thanks for your time, man. I'm looking forward to seeing you guys tonight Thank for you. the first time. All right, man, thanks. We're, we're shaking hands. We're shaking hands on an audio podcast. This is how you do it. You heard that we were great, but now you think we're lame. Since you saw the show last night, you hope that we would rock and knock it up a notch. Rockin' was nowhere in sight And it's never good when it goes bad No one likes to feel like they've been had And it may be okay But you won't wear our t-shirts now Not anymore First the band the white Then the band the tight Sluggish and a little 
are right from the pack up the cats album by local age that came out in 1998 one of those albums that came and went too quickly and definitely deserves a revisit if you're into the genre and you're into the band earlier in the podcast the new single from local age innocence find out more about the band localh.com follow them on twitter and instagram at local h i want to thank scott for the short but sweet conversation the band's manager eddie applebaum my former neighbor in jersey city and a gentleman in his own right. Eddie also manages the band Lucky Chops, who I was lucky enough to interview a while back and perform with during my days on Elvis Duran in the Morning Show. Remember those days? Next time on the Independent Minded Podcast, I travel to City Winery in the Brentwood section of Washington, D.C., have some Cabernet and fried chicken, and talk to the former frontman of a band I never really got into in college. I'm talking about Canadian singer, songwriter, and ex-bare naked lady, Stephen Page. Okay, I'm going to go smash my laptop with a rubber mallet. Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. The creature is wanted for a murder he didn't commit. And he must let the world think that he is dead until he can find a way to control the raging spirit that dwells within him. (laughs) 